Welcome to another impactful message from Cornerstone Church, where we truly believe there is one hope for every heart, Jesus Christ. If you'd like to check out more resources or view video of this sermon, visit us online at cornerstonerome.com. We're going to continue on um, with the book of Ephesians today. And we've got a very special couple who's going to come and share uh, from their heart today. And these folks are not only our friends, um, they're, my, they're my and my wife's boss. Um, but I've learned from both of them what it means to be hospitable, how to open your heart and open your home and to open your life to other people. Because that's what Jesus did, didn't he? And that's the example that they've set for me in my life. I've learned so much from them today. They're going to come and share and carry on with our Ephesians study. Uh, please give a ro- warm welcome for Terry and Theta Shank. We can do this. Right. So Pastor asked us to speak to y'all, and it's very humbling to be here and um, already not what we decided to say, but I stopped Pastor in this morning and just told him how much I appreciated him preparing messages for us week after week after week. And the load that he carries for us, I think none of us can really imagine. And um, we are blessed to have the pastor that we have. And uh, amen. 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 Thank you, Jody. There he comes. He, he can drum, he can preach, he can do it all. You did well today. That we'll, was awesome. We'll let you know. That was awesome. We spent the better part of the last two or three weeks trying to decide what we were going to do today, what we were going to talk about. And this is about the fourth iteration of that, and it's nothing like the first one. It's mm-hmm. kind of it's, it's interesting. Um, you know, when you stand around and talk with people uh, about the Lord... Your mind goes all over the place. You come up with all these verses, all these truths that you know, the questions that you have, and those conversations just kind of go like this, and you don't know at the end if you really got a good answer or not. You don't know if you were able to come to a a conclusion or you won't you just don't know what became of all of that unless you leave that conversation with something new planted in you, something new that maybe you hadn't thought of before. And what you really want is to come away from that feeling edified. Feeling, and edified is the Bible word for feeling pretty good about yourself and knowing that you're going to do something different now, right? Um, so we we went through this and we thought, well, there's... Nothing more that we, there's, there's nothing we know better than what we do uh, for our jobs. And it's interesting because we're kind of put into a, um, to a category because of the nature of our job. Our job uh, is with the Windshape Foundation as hosts for marriage intensives. And some of you may not know what all that means. But the bottom line is that this world is full of people that are struggling in their marriages and their relationships. And there is a, a great opportunity for those married couples to come to the Windshape Foundation and to other organizations uh, 
to get help. What we do is we help enable other ministries that come in with licensed therapists to be with these couples for the week and help them sort through what they're doing in an intense way. In the, in the end of the week, they will have gotten the equivalent of 10 to 12 months of therapy. And that's pretty important. You know, a lot of times, if, you've, if you know anything about therapy, you go to the therapist once a week and you uh, get a chance to talk about what's going on with you in your life. But the continuity is broken when you, uh, when you leave the office. And that, that's, always been a, that's always been something that has been tough for the therapist, for those that are getting the therapy, and for others to understand. But by coming to the intensive, you can do that work and get yourself on a path so that the therapist has something more to work with back at, at your home, wherever you may be uh, doing that. So they, they come up, they, they get help, and we get to do the hospitality for them. And the hospitality is, yeah, we get to serve food. We get to take care of their needs. We get to carry suitcases to the rooms we get to run errands for them but we also have the distinct privilege of being able to pray for them whether they leave a prayer card in the in a place that we that we provide for that or if they come and just ask for personal prayer or if they just need somebody to talk to and listen to them without judgment sometimes when you're in the midst of all of that anxiety of the of the intensive you just you may just want to talk to somebody about wow did you see what happened to Alabama you know I know that's going to be it this week there's going to be a lot of Alabama people that are going to need some help well you saw what they did to the hogs I know all right I'd like to jump in here for a second if I can jump in um so we, we host these couples that are struggling, and when Pastor mentioned that he'd like for us to speak on Ephesians and something about marriage and family, that's where we live most of our life, is in the marriage environment and ministering to marriages that are struggling, like Terry said. And um, so we kind of sifted through Ephesians and looked for some of the things that we are bumping into as we support marriages at Windshape. And a tangible moment, like what you were talking about, how we serve, love, come alongside those we serve. I'm going to call out Carolyn here. I was up at Normandy this week, and one of the wives came out of the therapy room, and she was very distraught, and she came looking for Carolyn. And Carolyn went with her onto the front porch and with the box of tissues, and an hour later... Carolyn ministered to her, heard her, helped encourage her, helped get her on solid ground because she was, as we call it, spinning out. And um, that's the beauty of the body of Christ in action, watching how Carolyn cared for this sweet lady that needed so much help. So that's kind of what we do. That's our world. We actually live there. We move in like this afternoon. We're going to go to work and we take our suitcases and we don't come home until the event is over. So we live there Some people think it's funny that we live with therapists more than half of our lives, and we must need it, but anyway. It's it's worked out good for you. It's worked out good for me. Thank you. That's lovely. Okay, with all this said, are we going to spring? Where where do you want to go now? What you got? 
Well, one of, one of the things is, after having done this for about 20 years, almost 20 years now, being around the couples that need help, individuals that need help, there's a few things that we've noticed. And it's interesting that we were asked to speak during the, the Ephesians re, uh, realm here because the, um, some of the principles that are in Ephesians are the principles that they teach the couples, but they're also really good just as an individual. If you can just take, you might be sitting there thinking, well, I haven't, I'm not married. I, you know, I'm, I'm too young to be married. You know, what does this have to do with me? It has to do with anybody in here that has a relationship. Right. If you have a relationship with anyone, if you have an, a relationship of any type with another human being, Ephesians is a really good place to go and look for what that relationship looks like when it's whole and healthy. Mm-hmm. It speaks to that. And one of the things that, um, that Paul did, one of the things that Paul did in this book was that he took deep theological truths and he turned them into practical everyday um, wisdom and and told us what would told us how to to be who we needed to be um, you know we're really going to start in ephesians four uh, I think it'll be up here on the board there it is four one four one so um just just to read through this, we're, we want to, we'll start here and then we're going we're gonna to talk about what this means to us. Therefore, I, the prisoner of the Lord, implore you. It's interesting he uses the word implore. We don't use that much anymore. No. But we impl- I implore you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling with which you have been called. Um, with all humility gentleness, patience, showing tolerance for one another in love, being diligent to preserve the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. That's a whole mouthful, isn't it? But what he talks about, he talks about a manner. What's, what's the manner in which you interact with each other? What is, what is the manner you interact with your wife, your children, your parent, your friend. Who's your best friend? How do you, what's the manner you interact with them? And what, what becomes of that? Um, I find it interesting that he's saying, you know, he says, I, the prisoner of the Lord, if I'm getting a letter from someone who is being martyred for their faith, I want to know what it says. And when he uses a word like implore, he turns it up a notch. He goes, notice this. I beg you, please pay attention to this. Don't forget to walk in a manner worthy of the calling for which you've been called. We've been set apart as believers. And he is reminding his fellow believers, you're called. You're set apart. I beg you. I implore you. Don't forget. Don't forget that. 
This is something that's critical to your walk. And by the way, you know, we, we looked at walks. If you ever want to jump into Ephesians, there are walks oh everywhere. There are walks here, there, there. There's like seven different walks if you want to do a study that on that. That was one of those iterations that you're yeah. glad we didn't the choose walks. for this morning. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah. you want to go ahead? Well, I was just going to, I was just going to say, you know, it's, it talks, as, it says, implore you to walk in this manner. Why is it that Paul's doing that? Because he knows he knows exactly who we are. He knows exactly how we interact with each other. And what, what we see at Windshape is very hard for us, not, be, not just because we see how people spin out. I mean, it's, it's not hard to find somebody that's spinning out or thinking differently or how they talk about their spouse. You know, they, can, they might arrive speaking one way, but after that, after they've gone through this week and the Lord has spoken into their lives, they're different people. They speak differently. And that's one of the things that we've noticed is that um, part of our walk is to actually hold each other in high regard. That's one of the things that we've learned. First off, we started learning it by watching others saying, boy, if they would only do that, you know, how many well, in times? our marriage, if yeah. you would just get it right, I'd be fine. <laughs> that's true. And that's a lot of a lot of us think that way. I was I was Terry's Holy Spirit for the first fifteen years we were married. You know, I knew what he needed to do, and for some reason, he wouldn't come in compliance. And that's, you know, uh, if he would just do this, my life would be great. Then I interviewed the real Holy Spirit and got a. I traded her out. <laughs> And I'm not kidding. I mean, I see some people laughing and nodding heads. I'm sure you felt the same way. Our marriage would be great if God would just get a hold of that one, you know, that we'd be fine. And this is how people show up at Windshape. You know, we've actually had one couple show up. The husband came in, dropped off the wife, and went home. Said, fix her, and went, I'll come back and get her Thursday. I'm not kidding. You know, so it's like, oh, boy. You know, I think he missed something there. So... I mean, seriously. It did happen. It did happen. So with all that said, in all humility and gentleness and with patience, yeah, I don't think that's what that was when I was your Holy Spirit. I was tolerant. You were tolerant. I, I, did, and I did use the to, you know, if you look at that second verse, it says show tolerance. I showed tolerance. You did show tolerance. Did. You, you, you were pretty kind about my trying to run your life. Um, you did show tolerance. And finally, the Lord got a hold of me and and put me back on my heels. And what was the thing that, that we've learned at Windshape and we've also learned about how to do life together? Well, first off, we know that this is a very much a high calling for us. But the most important thing is we have to take responsibility for ourselves. I can't take responsibility for how Theta responds or acts. Mm-mm. I can only take responsibility for how Terry responds and acts. And that's one of the hardest things I ever had to learn. Because I didn't grow up in a household that believed in personal responsibility. My responsibility was what I was told my responsibility was. And that is how I viewed the world. That's how I viewed my marriage. And now thanks to Pastor Steve a couple of weeks ago, I know... There are some things that I need to do differently in the way that I 
I respond and have a relationship with her. Because what we're going to talk about and what we're talking about today is that I have a responsibility for myself. I have a responsibility to make myself the best I can be. And if I take that responsibility, she is going to benefit, but so is our relationship. The other side of it is that that works both ways, that, Mm -hmm. right? I have to own what I do, how I respond. My favorite time to argue with him is about 1030 at night. And then I lay there in bed and I'm mad at him for the next three hours. And it's, it's my own yard, right? I get to own what I'm thinking, how I'm behaving. And at one point, this sweet man goes, can we not talk about tough subjects at 1030 at night, you know? And um, I, thought, I got her back. I, I'll just bring out a spreadsheet because yeah. she doesn't do numbers good at that yeah. time. So, you know, I, I, all right, fine. We will not talk about this right now. Just shut me down. You know, I mean, there, that's the reality of relationship, right? But I had to own the fact that I was stirring it up at a time that wasn't appropriate. I was stirring it up. And I had to understand that I have a personal responsibility to show up with integrity, to show up with the fruit of the Spirit, and to respond as unto the Lord to my husband. Respond as unto the Lord to my husband with the fruit of the Spirit that I walk in, with integrity in Christ is how I talk to him. If I stir him up, if I poke him, that is my issue. I, I want to stand before my Father in heaven. I want to stand there saying, I walked according to the Holy Spirit's unction to do this walk as you called me to. And do I do it properly all the time? No. And we can repair that. You know, as a married couple, we repair that. And we've learned processes about how to repair when I fail or he fails. But that's, I have to own, and as, as the word says, I have a garden. I have to take care of my garden. I have a, it hopefully will be well watered and mm-hmm. I will show up the very best data God created me to be. And you do that. Thank you. You do that. I received that. Okay. Okay. So, I mean, this is sometimes. Did you just say sometimes? Mm -mm. Okay, just curious. All right. I thought thought it really hard. (laughs) That's not true. So, with all humility and gentleness, with patience, showing tolerance for one another in love. And he tolerated that. He tolerated also, I didn't get the leave and cleave message. Hmm. I don't know if any of you missed that message when you got married, but any time we were making a decision, we, we need to call my dad and check on that to see if that's a good decision. I didn't get that deci- I didn't get that discussion. I didn't get that lesson, whatever it was, for the first umpteen years, and he tolerated me in that. And it was another believer in the body of Christ. And see, this is how relationship works in this church. It was Uncle Bobby on the praise team who played the bass. He goes. That was a different church. Yeah, that was a different church, not this one. But he said, he said, babe, you can't talk to your husband like that. We were in a community. Uh, I was talking about a decision. I said, yeah, and we asked my dad, you know, and he looked at me later privately and said, yeah, you can't do that to him. You can't do that to them. You've got to leave and cleave. So tolerance. He showed me tolerance in the, in the season when I was uh, a little out of order. Can we put it that way? I'm feeling like this is my true confessions today. I'll own it, though. I'm good I'm with it. I'm actually enjoying it. <laughs> I hope you're benefiting from my true confessions. Okay, so where, where are we now? What are we going to? Well, what I'd like to do is talk about a, another tool that we use mm-hmm. as in communicating. 
does anybody know anything about sarcasm? Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. I we see got hands a few people nods. out there, yeah. 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 But, you know, the interesting thing is that Ephesians <laughs> addresses that. It says, but speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in all aspects to him who is the head, even Christ. So this is, this is on down in Ephesians. Um, it's in Ephesians 4, a little further down. But this is one we couldn't let go because I have had, I don't know how many people tell me that sarcasm is the sixth love language. Did you know that? You know, the interesting thing about sarcasm is that it's always truth. And it's, Ephesians tells us that you should speak truth in love. Um, the problem with sarcasm is that we speak truth without love. So what you do is you take, you take what the truth is, you shake it around, you pour all the truth out, or pour all the love out of it, and then you give it right to them, right? Give me an example. Give it to him. Well, I mean, this is, I'll say when he wasn't sarcastic, but he could have been. I think any time we say the word duh, it could be sarcasm. <laughs> yeah. Duh. Yeah. You know, I made a cake a couple of weeks ago. I know he loves chocolate cake. And for some reason, I do not know yeah. why, I forgot the eggs. It had very interesting con- consistency. And he didn't. He was not sarcastic. He just said, wow, this is unique, you know. <laughs> He was very kind. That is sarcasm, kind of. Unique. But, yeah. but he, it, he, I own the fact that I forgot the eggs. But sarcasm could have stirred that up a notch. Wow, you're really a great cook. Great cook. Anytime you're doing air quotes, you're being sarcastic. You know, you know what I'm talking about, air quotes. So if you hear yourself doing quotes or if you're saying the word duh, you know, you may not be speaking love uh, to your spouse. Yeah, like uh, you've got a friend who just had a really tough time getting to work and they describe it all to you and they talk about how they ran the red light, got pulled over, and then they smarted off to the, to the officer or they jumped out of the car and, and ranted and raved or kicked it and you just look at them and you go, instead of saying, what was all that about, you might just go, wow, that was a smooth move, wasn't it? You know, I mean, it's sarcasm. We've all experienced it one way or another. But when it really came um, front and center with me was a a good 10, 15 years ago, I had a young mother sit down with me. She and her husband had lived in the life of sarcasm. And then they had their first child. And she came and sat with me and she goes, something's wrong with sarcasm. I feel very protective of my first child here when we start to be sarcastic with each other. What's wrong with it? And that's when, uh, that was back when I came to Terry, and he goes, well, it's really truth without love. It's a jab. There's usually some truth in it, but we're not loving when we say it. And we either speak life or we don't. We either speak life or we don't. There's really not anything in between. There really isn't. You can practice speaking life with your family, with children. Terry and I were on an airplane to Disney, and I don't know why people get up on the airplane when you can't move when you pulled into the gate, but everybody gets up and then just freezes because nobody can move. It's the strangest thing. So Terry and I decided to stay seated, and I was looking at him over here, but the aisle was here, and when I turned over here, I was face-to-face with a teeny-tiny princess. She was dressed like a princess. 
And I, I just said, oh, this is the opportunity to speak life. And I said, my goodness, you look so beautiful. You are a princess. I see it. Are you going to Disney? And she just lit up. But the fun thing about it, so did the mother who was standing right behind her. The mother, you could see her shoulders come back and light on her face as I just speak life to this little one. We can do that to the people we work with. It, when, when you encounter somebody, speak life to them. Leave them better than you found them. Encourage them. Love on them. Find something. The word. Share the word. Something that you can leave them better than you found them. Yeah. Instead of, um, instead of your automatic, natural response of sarcasm, what would happen if you instead said, wow, that must have been really hard? You must, that must not have felt good when you did that. You know, because there is that opportunity. And I think part of it is we run from relationship. We, we like to think we have relationships, but we only like them about this deep. We don't want to go deep enough that we can actually get to that heart level. We don't want to go to that level where the Holy Spirit could inform our conversation. We're, we're cutting out the opportunity for the Holy Spirit to speak in somebody's life through us when we do something that's sarcastic. And it, just, it really just occurs to me that I have done that so many times. That I have not been able to speak life because I joined the crowd kind of, you know, doing this, oh, you know, buck up, it'll get better, you know, that kind of stuff. That, that's not the way to go. And I've tried to purpose to do differently. If I come back at you, and I'm going to give everybody that's in here the right. If you ever see me being sarcastic or if I ever say something sarcastic to you, call me out. Because I don't want to do that. There is, there is no love in sarcasm. There's absolutely zero love in sarcasm. Even though you think it may be there and that it's something that your family understands... The reason they understand that is because they put the shell up that blocks them off from the pain that that causes. So let's not, let's not hurt each other that way. Let's start going, going deep, going into the, to those comments. So if I'm not going to be sarcastic, but I want to tell you something in some sort of a truth, how do I do that? How do I tell you something that you need to hear that may not be easy to hear? How do we do this? You want, you want to tell me? Is that what you're saying? No, no. What I'm saying is how do we set ourselves up in relationship to be able oh. to speak truth <clears throat> to one another in love? What does it look like? We know sarcasm doesn't work. So how do we do that? We begin to change our relationships with each other. Okay, so... And, I, go ahead. And, you know, like, there's this word called safety. Safety in relationship. You earn it. After a while, like Elaine, I'm seeing you nod. I've known Elaine for years. And I really think if she had something that she needed to tell me, she would walk up and put her arm around me and say, sister. And she knows that I would hear her because we have such a long relationship. Those of us in small group together, those of us, the sweet praise team, they can speak truth to each other, even around their music and their giftings, I'm sure. But when it comes to our marriage relationship, we give margin. We do. On how to do do this. But we also, 
We also build into our relationship this opportunity on Saturday morning to get a cup of coffee and sit and really have mm-hmm. what we call a staff meeting. And so if it, it's the same thing as getting together with your friend. You know, I live with my friend. This is my wife, but she's also my friend. Mm-hmm. But between me and her, we have a time that we meet and we talk over the things that are really deep, things that maybe we didn't have time to really address well during the week. Because you know that go, when you go through the week, there are times to talk about things and there's times not to talk about things. When we're serving couples and we get on each other's nerves or we do something, the first thing we do is we start going at each other. But then if we can step around the wall for a minute and go, okay, this is on the staff Saturday. meeting agenda on Saturday. We're coming Saturday. back to this. We put it on the agenda. We let it go. But then we do come back to it. And that's been really helpful for us because there are times that you don't want to get into it. And so if you don't go after that, it starts piling up. Right. You start getting things against each other. But this works with friends as well. Who Who do you need to have coffee with once a week? Who do you need to go see a ball game with? Who do you need to... Uh, enjoy a movie with what what is it that you do that you have in common or how do you get with them and begin to build these deep relationships that you have somebody that can be supportive because we weren't asked to do this alone we are responsible for ourselves but we are also called to be in relationship with each other mm-hmm. and that's that's what what this is all about it's about us um I guess if you just go to that next slide, it's be kind to one another, tender-hearted, mm-hmm. forgiving each other, just as the Lord, in or just as God in Christ has also forgiven you. That's how we're called to, to present ourselves to each other as friends and as in a relationship and as believers. And I, when I walk in the door of this fellowship, I feel love. Mm-hmm. I see smiles. I feel validation without even words. I get a hug from Diana. I see Fonda from across the way. I see Sheila. This, that was this morning, you know, Alice, you know, people that I don't get to see often, but man, I feel love. I feel valued. I feel seen. I feel encouraged. This is the beauty of the body of Christ. We have an incredible group of believers. Uh, yep, I see you nodding your head. Uh, it's, it's just, we, we have a privilege of being kind to one another and tender-hearted toward one another. But let me tell you, at Normandy, and Gary and Carolyn are sitting here, we see wicked behaviors between spouses. And we're like, what happened from the altar to the wind-shaped parking lot? What happened? What happened? And... Personal responsibility happened. The cares of this world are hard, and that's, that's all over Ephesians. You know, the things mm-hmm. that they're battling in their environment. But they left their first love, just like Revelation said. They left their first love, just like the bride and groom that we see in our parking lot left their first love. What happened? It's heartbreaking. Just being kind, forgiving, tender-hearted forgiving. Even in in my work environment, there was a gentleman who spoke something over me that I believed, and I later found out it was a lie. 
And it had changed my trajectory, this lie had. And I believed it because I respected this person. And I was moving in a direction because of what was spoken. And the Lord revealed to me sometime later that it was a lie. And then I'm really ticked off at this person. I mean, I'm really mad. I mean, I'm really, really mad. How dare them do this to me? And I'm not going to be able to maneuver this. And how do I work in the same environment with this person? I'm ready to pitch it all to the wind. I am furious that I believed this lie. You remember, this was a long season of working this one out. So I prayed I'll and neither prayed. confirm nor deny I was present. Yeah, you were present. Okay. But, and finally, I just told the Lord, I said, I'm tired of running from this individual. I don't want to be that way. I don't want to dodge this person. You've got to show me how to forgive. You've got to show, you have, I am desperate. Okay, I don't know if the Lord talks to you like this, but he does to me. So no judgment in the room. That's love, right? No judgment. So he asked me the question. So how much of a man of God do you believe that person is that spoke that lie? And I thought, well, he's quite a man of God. I have a ton of respect for him. You know, I'm 90%? Is that the stupidest thing you've ever heard? And then the Lord said, how much of a woman of God are you? And I know my shortcomings. I know my failures. And the Lord caught me. He goes, now can you forgive him? And that quick, out of that conversation with the Lord, I was able to forgive him. And I told the Lord, I said, if I can hug him the next time I see him with a pure heart, I'll know it's good. And I did. You know, that, that forgiveness is a real deal. Christ forgave me and I can forgive others because I know I'm a mess. I know what the Lord has forgiven me of. I know I'm a mess. So this forgiveness thing, forgiving each other, forgive that, forgiving in this community of believers, I probably have screwed up with half of you somehow doing something wrong. If you'll just forgive me, you know, we'll keep going on in the same thing. But this man shows me this forgiveness in our marriage. And he does not come back with sarcasm. He does not throw me over the, under the bus with it again. He just moves on. Anymore. Anymore. Yeah, early on it was kind of a mess, but we got there. We got there. We got there. Are you stuck? A little bit. Okay. What do we need to talk about now then if you're feeling stuck? (laughs) We're a team up here. What's up? I know. Do we dare say that word? Uh, why don't we just go through the verses? Let's see what okay. what Paul said. Go for it. Let's just let's go on through there. Yeah, starting going on into Ephesians from uh, from being. It's remember that what don't you don't have to change anything, guys. But it said, "Be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving each other, just as God in Christ has also forgiven you." So we've been we've been forgiven, and we're told to pass that along. Mm-hmm. Therefore, since we're going to pass it along, be imitators of God as beloved children. Walk in love, just as Christ also loved you and gave himself up for us as an offering and a sacrifice to God as a fragrant aroma. I like fragrant aromas, by the way. But 
but immorality or any impurity or greed must not even be named among you as is proper among saints. And there must be no filthiness, silly talk, coarse jesting with which, which are not, I'll read better with these off, guys, um, which are not fitting, but rather giving of thanks. The reason we put this verse in there was to finish out this story that we've got because when when you get down into um, immorality, that's huge out there. It It's huge in this world right now because people are not connected to each other. Could be one reason. There's probably multiple reasons, but immorality is running rampant. And... It shouldn't be named among us. Neither should impurity or greed. Um, that's not proper for us. We can be a difference as the church. And you know, the thing is, if, any, if there's anything in, in anything we've said that you look at that and go, wow, that, that's kind of something that, that I've struggled with or something that's in my past, you know there's forgiveness for that. You know, you do not have to carry that. If you're burdened right now with anything that we've talked about or you're, you're wanting to duck your head and, and uh, you know, not make eye contact with somebody, it, it doesn't have to be that way because you can lay that down right now. And if the filthiness and the silly talk and the coarse jesting, these are not, uh, these are just not fitting. And the way that Paul says for us to get out of that is to begin to give thanks. Give thanks for the things that you do have that are edifying. Give thanks for the relationships that you have that can be rebuilt and can be restarted. Give thanks for the relationships that you'll continue to build with others. But above all, put it away and don't be burdened by your sin. Don't be burdened by those things that are holding you down, weighing you down, and when you look in the mirror, you can't, you don't let yourself look back at you. You know, you look in the mirror and you duck your head. Don't, don't do that because the Holy Spirit is this close. He's this close. And he can cleanse us of that. So, in Ephesians, as we do this walk, I just want you to know that the worst of the worst of the marriages that we see, every one of them, have the opportunity to walk out of there pure, in order, and ready to go forward and become edified and to be rebuilt. And many, many take that opportunity. It's not like they come and they leave and they have the, they're in the same place. A few people don't listen to, don't listen to what they've got in front of them. And don't take it on. But many do. We see miracle after miracle after miracle where husband and wife now begin to talk to each other differently. They put the sarcasm away. They put the, the coarse talk and the jesting away. They don't pick at each other. They don't tear each other down. But they build, begin to build each other up. We get letters back from these people that says this is the best thing that ever happened to our family you know, my kids now have a mom and dad again. 
And it's all because the Holy Spirit made a difference in their lives because they opened up to him and they took and accepted what came. I can beat this in the ground, but I'm not. I'm just going to tell you, there is a Holy Spirit that wants you to be healthy. There's a Holy Spirit that wants to help you build your relationship, not tear it down. There's a Holy Spirit that wants to help you crawl out of the hole that you're hiding in because you don't think you're worthy to be a friend, but you can be, and you're going to be the best friend of somebody. You're going to be a great friend for a lot of people. And you're going to actually shine God into places that none of the rest of us can go. So take the opportunity. You know, read, read through this in Ephesians and read through what Paul said because Paul took these deep spiritual truths, but he came back and he, he put it in a way that this is what you should do. Just put these things away. And it sounds real easy there, but as you're reading that, let the Holy Spirit go. There's one, I, there's one of those things there that uh, this, this fits into that. I want you to know that if you'll change that, that's what he's talking about. You may not see yourself in the big words, but you'll see yourself in the deeds. When he, when he convicts you, the Holy Spirit's here to convict us. When he convicts you of something that you said, correct it. If I was to say something, and this has happened before, I would say something to Thayda, and I'd go, you know, that's really not right. Um, forgive me for that, but this is what the truth is. And she's done the same with me. So that we have, uh, we have created in our, in our home a place that we can be honest with each other, but we've also created a place... That as we leave, we see this thing on our mantle that says, "If in case I forget to tell you, just know I had a good time. That's there because if for some reason one of us did not come back through the door that night, we both know and we have agreed that everything that we have is on the table, it's out there, and there is nothing to be a regret. We want, there to, we want that to be. And we've tried to begin to live our lives that way. And it begins with speaking love to each other. And then that last word there that um, I think it's um, Ephesians 4, um, 5, 4, giving thanks. We have learned from the therapists that we work with, if we can, ha- if we can framework our day with thanksgiving, it changes everything. If I am thankful for my job, if I am thankful I have running water, if I'm thankful for the bubbles in the dish soap that I'm washing dishes with, I'm thankful for children who are are healthy right now, if I am thankful that I actually have a car. So many times I've been thankful that I do not have to drive a horse and buggy, and then if the horse gets sick, I'm thankful I don't have to shoot it. You know, there... I mean, I'm grateful and thankful for the things that I do have, and thankful. Carolyn, why are you laughing at me? But it's the truth. I'm thankful. You think she shot a horse? I don't know. Did you shoot a horse? Did you shoot a horse? No. Anyway, thankfulness, if, if you can frame your day in thankfulness, if you start your day in thankfulness, it can change your outlook. It, 
all your other emotions will come into alignment if you can start with thankfulness. I like what you just said a minute ago. That was powerful. Thank you for that. But the Holy Spirit in us, the personal responsibility. One other thing I'm going to add, and then um, we found that truth does really set people free. But truth, I'm going to get out of my chair. Don't make fun of me. But truth can feel as risky as Peter out of the boat walking on the water. Truth, if we tithe, are we still going to be able to pay the water bill? If, if I really do submit and buy, take every thought captive, is this going to work? If I truly desire to walk by faith and not by what I see, is this going to work? At the, during the intensives, we see a microcosm of this, that people learn a truth and they're like, I don't know. Will it work? His, his word works. His word works. But it takes a ton of courage and it takes uh, perseverance in that truth. Lord, I don't understand healing. Okay, try me in it. Try me in it. Because your word says if we lay hands on and we pray, then, so, okay, well, then I'm going to believe but I don't quite understand it, so I'm going to be courageous, and I'm going to walk it out. And we've seen the truths at Normandy when, when folks hear truth. I'm going to take care of my own heart. Hollywood would say, I give him my heart, and he takes care of it for me. That's a bunch of bunk. It's not true. It's not true. Guard your own heart, for it's a wellspring of life. It's my job to guard my heart, not his. I own it. I take care of it. He owns his heart. And then when I'm taking good care of my heart and you're taking good care of our heart, look what we bring to our marriage. It's our best. So I, I, and I don't look over in his heart and go, I wish he'd take care of that one. I can certainly pray for it. But I can't manipulate it or suggest it or whatever I think I want to do. I don't really want to do that much anymore. The Holy Spirit's better at it. But anyway. Just for the record, you do not complete me. Thank you. Okay. This is such a great Hollywood line. Oh, honey, you, you complete me. It doesn't work. It doesn't work. I didn't know I was getting something that was a model kit and needed to be completed. Yeah, no, yeah, not model kit. Yeah, no, you're not a model. Well, you are cute. I was talking about you're you. Not, oh, I'm the model kit. You okay. That. Well, whatever. You missed it. Thank you. Anyway, these Hollywood lines, what we see in movies, it's not this. It's not this. All right. You want to pray? Yeah. So, just to sum it up, I mean, here we are. We're up here just rambling on. And that's, that's one of the reasons we like the table and the chairs. We feel like we can ramble like we're at the table at home. But... One of the things that we just want to leave you with is that you can be different. You can be free. And it's only you can do it. You don't, you don't have to wait on somebody else to say you're set free. Because Jesus already did. You don't have to wait on somebody else to give you new information or to give you a, uh, something that's on the wall to tell you that you're worth something because Jesus died for you. You are worth something. 
And as we close today, one of the things we would we would love for you to just consider is where is that spot that you that you may be harboring that is a little bit of untruth? Where's that sarcasm that you're saying? Well, you're saying all that, yeah, right. Christ came and died for us. He he gave us everything we needed in the Holy Spirit that we can live a full, whole, and healthy life. And the world gives us everything it can to obliterate that and obscure that fact. You know, everything you take in, your eye gate, everything you hear is not truth. It's not from Christ. And you are the only one that can filter that for you. You can give that job to somebody else, but then you're going to find out that that does not work. Because the day comes when it's just you closing your eyes at the end of the day and wondering, am I worth it? And I'm going to tell you, you are. And I can do that because Christ said you are. He's the only one I listen to. I would urge you to get his podcast. (laughs) He's doing the same thing. He's telling you every day that you are worth it. And so if there's anything in your life right now that's keeping you from living fully, holy, and healthy, we've got the opportunity right now to renounce that. If you have not asked Jesus to be your guide, to be that one that's there when you close your eyes at night and lay down after a hard day's work, if you would like him to be there with you, he's there. But if you want to accept that, you've got the opportunity right now to do that. Because what we're going to do is we're going to pray. And we do this We do this very often here. We want you to join in and we'll do this together we'll say it together but it can be true for you no matter where you are in your walk whether you don't know Christ or whether you've known him for years what is it that you now want to renounce and give back so that it can be trampled underfoot we need to get rid of these barriers so that we can be his people ready for whatever he puts in our path because we each have potential we each have opportunities to talk to others but we also have the opportunity to be that light in a dark place so if you just bow with me um, Father we thank you that even in his prison you gave Paul words to write to us today that are just as true today as they were 2,000 years ago. Father, we thank you that in that he has uh, in that he has given us a great gift of knowing you as he did. And so right now we just give you a uh, glory that this has come to us and so if you're out there and 
and you want to pray this prayer, just follow, follow me. In fact, won't we just all pray it together? Just just follow me as we uh, as we go through this. We'll repeat it together. So, Father, you have given us a great gift in Christ. You have given us a great gift in Christ. And Father, we thank you. And Father, we thank you that as as we accept him and his de- his deeds as we accept him and his deeds as we accept his sacrifice as we accept his sacrifice and as we accept you as our god and as we accept you as our god we ask you to come and make us new we ask you to come and make us new lord to Take away the sin that holds me back. To take away the sin that holds me back. To take away the bad thoughts that that I might have. To take away the bad thoughts that I might have. And that you, Lord. And that you, Lord. Will be my God. Will be my God. And Jesus, you will be my Savior. And Jesus, you are my Savior. Forevermore. Forevermore. Amen. 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 Jump up and down and cheer with that prayer. <laughs> Hallelujah. Here comes our sweet Gary. Thanks, guys. It's been a joy to be up here today. You want- Thank you guys so much. I tell you, I've learned so much from these two over the years and love them dearly. Um, pray for them today. They're going to leave here and they're going to head out to Windshape. And there's five couples that are coming in right now. Ready? They've probably been scratching each other's eyes out all week uh, and you can't believe when they come in sometimes um, the issues, the problems that they come in with and I'm just always reminded that we have an enemy who wants to tear us apart he wants to tear families apart he wants to tear marriages apart we can't let him do that as Christians we need to fight back we need to have all the tools in our arsenal that come from God's Word um, to battle against that. I just reminded this week, Carolyn and I just got done, we were out last week, and just got done Friday with five couples. And there was one couple in particular who was having a very difficult time. They had a difficult time all week. And as they were getting ready to leave, they were supposed to stay till Friday morning, and they were going to leave Thursday. And I could tell the husband... He hadn't learned a thing that whole time he was there. He was still ready to just get out of there as quick as he could. And my wife says, oh, they're not leaving. She she ran out to the parking lot, stood in front of their car until he got out. And I could still see it on his face that the enemy had just troubled their marriage so much. And as Terry and Dana were talking about, to speak life to people, my wife said, and this guy was a, a cabinet maker by profession. He made beautiful uh, bathroom and kitchen cabinets. She goes, you didn't get the chance to show Gary the pictures of your cabinets. And so the guy pulls out his phone, and literally we stood there for 15 to 20 minutes looking at his phone. They came back in, had dinner with us, and we're in a much better place when they left. So sometimes you got to just stand right in front of the car when Satan is ready to take somebody away, 
and just do battle with him. So just take that as an example today. Hey, our prayer partners, if you guys want to come up front here today, if you've got something that you need to pray about, uh, these folks would love to agree with you in prayer because that's what the Word says, where two or three agree it was going to be done. also want to remind you of, uh, oh boy, I better get my note out here. Um, oh, yes, giving. I was thinking today, you know, there's so much talk about inflation going around. You know what? The Lord has never upped the tithe. It's still 10%. Uh, how about that? Uh, that's an economics lesson you can take for today. He has never changed that tithe from the beginning of time, has he? That's all he asks is 10%. And I'm going to tell you, I've seen it over and over. I look out through this congregation, I've seen people who have learned to tithe. And they don't do it because the church needs the money. They do it because it brings order to your life brings order to your finances. It brings order to your spiritual life. So I'm going to encourage you, if you haven't tithed, think about it this week. Um, we thank you for your giving. This generosity that you guys have every week just amazes me. So thank you for that. Finally, um, in two weeks, I think it's two weeks, first, weekend, first Saturday of November, um, as men's football get together in cornhole and i'm going to tell you this year i'm actually soliciting if you're a good cornhole player come and see me i've had really bogus partners the last two times i don't want to name names i don't want to name names but <laughs> but i need help this year because i that we've got this certain uh, ringer pair that comes every year and they win the trophy every year so we need somebody to give them a run for their money this year so if you're a good cornhole player, you come see me after. Maybe there could be some money in it for you. Um, but sign up, guys. We have a lot of fun. We have a lot of stuff to eat. We have wings to eat. Football is on. We play cornhole and just have a good time. So sign up for that as well. So as always, we want to send you out with the Lord's blessing out of numbers. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord turn his face towards you and give you his peace. God bless you guys. Have a great week. If today's message blessed you, we want to encourage you to take a moment and share this podcast with a friend. Remember, there's one hope for every heart, and that's Jesus. See you next time.